This is the Skin in the Game VC podcast, hosted by Tom Wallace, entrepreneur turned venture capitalist and the managing partner at Florida Funders. You'll learn from the best about investing in early stage tech companies, so you too can gain the confidence and find the tools that help you succeed as an angel investor. Are you ready to get some skin in the game? Hello, my name is Tom Wallace, and welcome to the Florida Funders Skin in the Game Venture Capital Podcast. At Florida Funders, we believe that entrepreneurs are game changers and that companies they envision, create, and build will make the world a better place. Florida Funders is a combination between a venture capital firm and an angel network that invests in early stage technology companies. We've been named the most active venture capitalist by PitchBook and by CB Insights for both Florida and the Southeast. Traditionally, angel investors have not, not had access to institutional-level venture capital investments. At Florida Funders, we're out to change that. Our platform creates a unique experience that educates, connects, and activates accredited investors to invest right alongside an institutional venture capital firm, Florida Funders. Please join us on our journey. We'd love to have you. So I'm really excited uh, for my guest today, my business partner, Mark Blumenthal, and I'll, I'll get to Mark here in a second. Uh, I thought I'd set the stage, Mark, for our conversation. We're really in some um, uh, tumultuous times here. It is uh, a crazy time to be um, investing and, or interesting time. So I thought I'd read this quote. I was like Charles Dickens. It was the best of times. It was the worst of times. It was the age of wisdom. It was the age of foolishness. It was the epoch of belief. I particularly think this part is about, about crypto. It was the epoch of belief. It was the epoch of in, incredulity. I have trouble with that word. It's incredulous, but it's incredulity. Uh, I said it wrong. So it was the epoch of incredulity. It was the season of light. It was the season of darkness. It was the spring of hope. It was the winter of despair. So as we sit here, the Fed keeps raising interest rates. Uh, the Nasdaq's, a lot of the tech stocks have just gotten hammered and crushed. Um, a lot of talk about inflation and are we going to have a soft landing and where we're going? So I thought it would, you know, kind of set the stage. Mark, you've been in, at this for a long time. Let's start. Introduce yourself uh, to our audience and tell us about your background. Great. Thanks, Tom. Uh, I am uh, really a tech entrepreneur at heart. It's all I've really ever known from the time I was 19 years old. Um, I spent the first 30 some odd years of my life building a couple of tech companies uh, headquartered here in Tampa. Uh, exited that last one in 2013. Um, had the pleasure of being a friend of yours for a, a lot of those years as a fellow tech entrepreneur in Tampa Bay. And, um, and obviously, as a committed Floridian uh, Tampa guy who believed in tech and the ecosystem and what Florida had to offer, this opportunity to partner with you and to build Florida Funders is one of the most amazing journeys that I've ever had. And we've been at it since 2015, so seven years now. Uh, going Hard to believe, isn't cycles. it? Yeah. Seven years. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. So, so um, you're, you're. by the way, <laughs> there are many people I meet that have been a tech entrepreneur or started being a tech entrepreneur at an earlier age than, than I did, but you did. So congratulations on that. You got me by a couple of years there. But um, as, as most tech entrepreneurs and founders, you, you get involved in angel investing at some point. Um, and, and different people have their different stories. I'd like to hear yours. What was your first angel investment? When did you get started? You know, I uh, 
got in, I, I kind of got started in the early 2000s. I had my first exit in 2000 and in, and in, uh, I, I then funded my own company in 2002, 2003 really. And then in 2004, I started to make investments. Um, uh, the, the first one ironically was, uh, an investment called ideal image, which wasn't tech. Well, I guess you could say it had laser. It was hair removal. It was right? hair removal. <laughs> And so one of the things that happens after you sell a company, um, for those fellow entrepreneurs who've had an exit, um, is uh, you, you actually start to think you were smarter than before the exit because <laughs> people tell you you are. It's just like, and, and so you, so you have, you, you think you can do anything. And I fancied myself, I can, I can, you know, I can do this. These other guys are doing it. I'm smarter than those guys. And it worked out, but it, it was a bumpy ride because- B2C and luxury brand, um, very, very, very different. Advertising, billboards, radio, none of that stuff was ever done in, in my tech company. So I uh, worked through it, ended up um, returning our capital, making a, a couple of bucks, but um, a really humbling lesson. Um, and then it really wasn't until, again, in uh, sort of 2012 that I started to really deploy capital. Um, and those are thankfully still in play. And some of them have exited. Uh, and, and we've done well. Some of them are zeros. <laughs> um, but of course, for sure, that's part of the game. For sure, one of the things that, that rang true um, is I did those other investments along the way prior to collaborating with you um, on Florida Funders, kind of alone or with a very small group of, of people who became an echo chamber. Mm-hmm. And, um, and you, you made an investment. And to be fair, given the number of those investments, some of it was fundamentally luck. Good luck or bad luck. Well, there's always luck involved, yeah, right? Yeah, but but there was it was too much weighted on those, and <laughs> and it wasn't until I we we did Florida Funders where we created this systemic process and a volume of deals that uh, you, you got to really see everything laid out and place enough bets to make a difference. Well, um, you know that's one fun thing about angel investing and 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 certainly early stage tech. You don't have to get it right all the time. In fact, you don't even have to get it right most of the time. If you get one, two, three out of 10, right. That'll more than make up for the zeros. So uh, zeros are all part of this game, as we know. So what do you, what do you like most about angel investing? You know, it, it's, it's, a, it's fascinating. So there is a, a, a number of elements. Um, the intellectual curiosity is that most angel investing is you're, you're evaluating something that is innovative, um, oftentimes, or, or at least an innovative way to, to do something that's already been done quite quite some time uh, for quite some time, and and you generally get to meet fantastic people. Um, your co-investors crazy, but fantastic. crazy, crazy, <laughs> right? But good, crazy, good oftentimes, crazy, yeah. oftentimes, most of the time. And so, like, I find uh, a balance of of reviewing these um, incredible founder teams um, to be uh, a real uh, enlightening and fun experience. Um, and so I, am not sure how to categorize that. That is the non-economic component of angel investing. I'll call it learning and relationships, um, and intellectual, intellectual curiosity. The, uh, I'd be disingenuous if I didn't say that I like making money, right? And I've had enough wins at 10 or 20 or 30 X, um, now to more than make up for not only the investments that didn't work out so far, but actually pretty much every investment that I still have on the books. Well, the and, other and, thing I, I, you know, I, I believe is that, you know, 
we're not we're not necessarily in it to make money. I mean, most people might question us on that, but we really we are in it for other reasons. We're in it to make money, especially for our investors. Yes, uh, but that's how we keep score, right? 100%. And you know, I think all entrepreneurs, all founders, were competitive people, and you know. It would be like playing golf every day and never keeping score. What fun would that be? Yeah. Well, you know, you're would, never going to improve. You're never yeah. going to get better. You're not keeping. I would argue that the reason that you and I decided to start Florida Funders was weighted substantially to the mission. Absolutely. Uh, because we, we, we did. This is not the easiest way to make money for building a, a venture capital firm. Um, but it's a delightful way to, to build something that has a generational impact. Um, uh, but, and for those of you who aren't familiar with our, our mission, and I think most of you are, is you know we we like to say we're on a mission to change Florida from sunshine state to startup state. We're trying to make Florida known for technology and innovation instead of yeah. tourism and agriculture. I used to say strawberries yeah. or oranges, but I get yelled at for that. <laughs> well, and and, and, and in, you know, for those of you who maybe weren't paying a lot of attention in 2014, 15, 16, 17, you know. Florida was very different from a venture perspective and an, and an early stage company, technology company perspective. Tom and I were convincing young men and women to not leave for money and for yeah. talent. And and so, you know, we like you can to stay here and raise money. You don't did, have to move to Silicon it, Valley. You don't have to go to Boston. Yeah. You don't have to go to Austin. Yeah. So so things have changed radically, thank thank God. And we think we had a little something to do with that, maybe a pebble in the ocean. And then the pandemic and other things had a, a, a huge impact, but uh, it didn't used to be that way. But our mission is still sound because we are still, uh, in many cases, the first uh, institutional money in for a lot of these great founders. And if you talk to some of our founders that we do regularly, they would say we're the most valuable uh, money in because of the time and the energy that we spend helping them. Yeah, I mean, it, it's exciting to see it finally come to fruition, and we still have a long way to go. But, and I say it, when I say it, I mean Florida really becoming known for technology and innovation and people coming here to start companies. They're not only not leaving here to, to start their company somewhere else, they're coming here to start their company, which is super exciting. What, I mean, obviously COVID, you, you touched on that, played a role in that. What else do you think? Why over the last five or six years, as you mentioned, do you think this, this has happened? Besides us, of course. Yeah. <laughs> Besides Florida I, funders. You know, I think that we've always known, um, you and I and, and our other partners who built businesses in the 80s and the 90s and the early 2000s here that there was a, a this is a great place, has, has really always been. I mean, I started my first company in 1984, like, and it was a tech company, and there was no tech ecosystem. There was no incubators. There were chicken incubators. No accelerators. No accelerators, <laughs> nothing. But what was always true is that, this is a great place to build a business, to build a life, to raise a family. Absolutely. Quality of life, the holistic viewpoint, along with this magical thing that is, I think, unique to Florida. And that is most everyone is from somewhere else. And there's an ethos that seems to happen from even like rough and tumble Northeasterners to, to, the, to the wonderful, delightful Midwesterners or anybody who comes here. There is like a, a little bit of a quid pro quo is like, be nice. Be nice and be helpful. And I can't, I can go back to the early 80s when I was a, a 19 or 20 year old young man selling computer systems to, to executives, chief information officers of like big companies like Nielsen and how thoughtful they were. Like to, to let me in the door alone was a big deal, right? I, I've been told hundreds of times that that doesn't happen in, in, 
in other places as often. Yeah, I, I think that's I think it's a good point. I think it's a really good point. And I think is if 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 you look back over the couple of decades we've been you know involved in the Florida tech ecosystem more than a couple, but we don't want to date ourselves. It 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 always had that inclusiveness. I mean, it was never like a good old boys club here, except up in Tallahassee, I could argue that. But they're finally coming around up there and have woken up to <laughs> well, the that's fact the politics that thing. The te- technology and innovation are really what's going to make Florida uh, the next great state. And so, well, let, let's let's talk a little bit. Um, you know, we don't have a ton of time, and I want to make sure that we hit on where we're at now. And uh, and, and, and particularly, and, and our audience probably doesn't know this, but Mark got really heavy into blockchain, crypto, what, about two years ago, three mm-hmm. years ago? And uh, we as a firm are, are, are very active in that uh, space. Um, obviously, there's been a huge correction. We're in maybe the winter of crypto or the second winter of crypto or, yeah. and then blockchains and Web3 web and DeFi. Where do you, where do you, where do you think where where are we at where are we going and uh, how does Florida look in in, in that whole world? So uh, I'll, I'll start. Florida looks great in that it is actually becoming a magnet um, for these innovative blockchain based projects. And for whatever reason, they're called projects. They're not companies, even though they're companies, yeah. but they're not. But but the, so I think there's this uh, influx of talent and 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 anchored by what Mayor Suarez and, and a lot of what, what's happened here in Tampa. That's the mayor of Miami, with, by the way. companies like Pocket or platforms or protocols like Plot Pocket. And um, and now that uh, FTX and, and OKCoin and Blockchain.com and other big anchor, uh, well-established, uh, well-funded, big operations are there hiring hundreds of people, we're having a little bit of the flywheel effect that happens in the Valley, like with the ex-employees of you know Google or Facebook, you know, people leave and they and they spin things up. So there there's an ecosystem. Simultaneously, you know, the you know starting kind of in what March April of 2022 of this year, we're seeing a washout of bad projects, bad bad companies. I mean, this is the bad time, coins. right? Like, <laughs> and and so the liquidity is being pulled back. Fed's raising interest rates. Many of these riskier assets were were basically speculation. But within that basket, there's some gems, sure. right? Like this well, it is- reminds me a lot of 1999 and, and the dot com boom, 100%. and then we had the dot com bust. Right, and I, I don't think that's true so much on the Nasdaq side. That's another story, or even SaaS software or those companies because they're real companies making real money. Back in the you know the dot com when the bust hit, there were a lot of companies that had no revenue, no really not much of a business there, and I think. You know, to some extent, you know, blockchain, crypto reminds me of that. Will there be survivors and winners? I have no doubt about that. But there were some, there's there's some, you know, there's 10,000 altcoins. They're not all going to make it. Most won't. Most won't. Yeah. And and I think that, like, within the noise is is always this creative destruction that happens in innovation. And, you know, you, you talked about it with the Dickens quote, right? This has been happening for thousands of years, right? Ever since any kind of monetary system was in play there are booms and busts and cycles you know the question is what do you pick that wins through the cycle right there there are amazons and there are pets.com right in in every cycle 
Um, and they're and and they weren't the only two, obviously. And there might have been more losers. Pets.com became Chewy.com. <laughs> well, but, years later, but it, it was, was a great it took, success. Right, but I don't know that the Pets.com investors got to ride that. Yeah, I don't think so. No, I'm pretty sure they didn't. So, um, I think it always comes down to a thesis, trying to stick to your thesis. Um, in blockchain, at, you know, at Florida Funders, we tend to focus on infrastructure mm-hmm. and other things that are bringing more value uh, over pure speculation. And I, and I think infrastructure plays a role. You know, there are macroeconomic trends that are driving toward those things, like use of blockchain for certain use cases. Um, but in general, this is a great time to be an investor. It's a- well, let's, let's talk about that because, you know, a, a lot of people, and I think human, you know, you know, just human nature when, you know, the NASDAQ's getting crushed and techs are out of favor because interest rates are going up and other reasons that, it's very hard not to sell, not to say, okay, let's move over to value. Let's move into real estate or other asset classes when, you know, would Warren, Warren Buffett always says, get greedy when the get, 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 get greedy when others get scared, scared. You know what I'm saying? And get scared, scared when others, when others get, get greedy. greedy. So, I mean, you could argue right now and, you know, and I think we're really excited by Florida funders, uh, our, our second fund, because we, we're sitting on a lot of dry powder. So we have mm-hmm. a lot to invest. Not everybody's in that situation. Um, certainly other funds, not, 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 not in that situation, which is good for us because there's less dollars chasing deals and we'll be able to get better valuations. But let's talk a little bit about, you know, why now is maybe arguably the best time to invest. And better than the last 24 months. Yeah, yeah. And uh, everybody uh, was the best thing. 100%. Like, well, I mean, the obvious is that valuations, when you make an investment and the valuation is lower in the beginning, uh, you have more room for multiples out, right? That's basic math, um, and that is true. But there's also a, 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 a fundamental that happens in, in a down cycle. And in down cycle, the best founder teams operate efficient, efficiently. They, they begin to think through things that matter more than just, say, the next round, right? When everything's going up and, and there's this hype cycle, there's a propensity for founder teams and even their boards to look at the next round. Yeah, because they can, can we just get money's easy to raise. Let's go get a bunch of money it. while money's you know easy to raise. And you tend to focus on that. It, it tends to be the tail wagging the dog. And sometimes you're just missing some of the flawless execution of the fundamentals like building a business with revenue and, and, and working on that. So um, I'd say that it's a great time to back a builder. This is a good time to build. There's not that frothy environment. Fundamentals are in play. Talent is more available than it was. I, I, we were talking, what, six months ago, and a lot of our founders could not find talent. Like developer, try to find an engineer, right? Yep. And And so today, if you've got a good model and a good company, everything is sort of right-sizing, the value of the investment, the opportunities for team members, and the execution and the fundamentals of the business, which, and if you go back, um, I know you know this, but like, not everyone knows it, but in the 08 uh, challenge, some people call it seven, some people call it the Great Recession, whatever you want to call it, that was when, you know, the Airbnbs and the Ubers powered through, reconstituted themselves, and took in good partner capital and even Tesla and SpaceX almost went away. Yeah. Very cool. Literally both were on the verge of bankruptcy um, and new investors came in or old investors stepped up and, and worked together with the founder teams to fix things. And if you talk to anybody who invested in Uber at that point, 
or Airbnb at that point or SpaceX or, or Tesla, they, they were rewarded. They, hands, they were rewarded handsomely to the point that they never need to ever make an exit in another company. And they are still one of the top performing venture funds or angels on earth. Yeah. And, and so like, and they're still active because they, they regularly uh, write books and, and, and talk, but that those are game changers. They're fund makers. They're your own net worth well, makers. Think, you know, it's adversity always creates opportunity. But again, I think as investors, what we have to fight is this human nature psychology that, you know, everything's saying run, run, run. Yeah. When you, it, it, to me, it's all about patience, slowing down, remembering that, and, and I, I remind myself of this, that angel investing is a long-term game. Fair. It's, it's not, you're not investing in a company to see where it's going to be in a year or two. That's not the way this works. No. You're investing in Tesla in 2008 and riding it typically for five to 10 years. So if you if you think long-term, I know that helps me to say, hey, you know, I'm not going to be in a position where I have to sell something or get out of something. I'm investing in something for the long-term. And then, and I think to your other point, Mark, I think it's a great time to evaluate founders because, again, when they get hit with adversity and the times get tough, how do they handle it? Yeah. You know, how, how do they handle it? I remember reading about Elon when he was on, he was trying to decide, do I close SpaceX or do I close Tesla? Because I can't possibly keep them both going. Right. I'm personally out of money. He was working like 20 hours a day. I read this in his, his uh, biography. And um, some people said he was on the edge of a nervous breakdown, too. But <laughs> I'd have been. <laughs> but, he, but he pulled it out. They weren't even in the same city, by the way. He yeah. had to fly between them like each day. It was nice. Yeah. So um, I do think it's a good time to look at founders. And the good founders, the strong founders, are going to pivot. They're going to they're gonna cut their burn. They're going to they're gonna figure it out, frankly, and do what it takes to be successful. And But at, at the same time, and those are the ones I think as investors we want to double down on. And the ones that are not, that are just ignorant and just refuse to change and say, oh, the market's going to change. It'll be fine. You know, they're oblivious. I don't know what word you want to, adjective you want to use. Those are the ones that, you know, probably don't want to double down on that. I I think there's two points because I want to, I want to put a cherry on top of the, what should investors consider? Because, you know, and many of our angel investors are, are, are new to, to this asset class. Some of them are new. They've had an exit of a business um, and, and they've got kind of newfound liquidity. Um, the premise, uh, and this is the way I look at it, and I think this is like uh, just conventional wisdom. This is a unasset class, sometimes considered to be alpha, like your, your, your greatest returns and your greatest risk. Yeah, it, definitely. The rest of your stuff should be in order. Like hopefully you're not having to shift out of something because if, if you're investing all your money in, um, in, in early stage tech investments, God help you. Like, please don't like, you know, this should be <laughs> not a good strategy. This should be a percentage of your, of your investable assets. That's, that's manageable. That can be for the long run. And look at these almost the way you look at like, uh, you know, harvests, <laughs> vintage years, like you're planning investments in 2022 and 23 and 24 and 25 and 26. You start to see harvest periods in 27, 28, 29. That's the psychology of investing. And if you do that and you allocate whatever percentage you and your advisors come up with, you're not going to sweat it. Well, you, you might sweat it, but you won't well, sweat I think, I the think strategy. When, I think when you sweat it as an investor is when you're not diversified. Uh, you know, there's there's a lot of, of research on this, but if you invest, just pure angel investing, forget about funds for a second. If you invest in say 15, um, 
15 different companies. You're not going to zero. You're no. no, you couldn't try to go zero for 15. It's, it's just, it's just impossible. I think the, I think the stats are somewhere about a 97% chance of venture returns, which mid median venture returns are like 2.5 or 2.7 X. Yeah. Um, at somewhere right around 20 companies, it might be 21. It might be 19. Now those companies need to be vetted. They you just can't throw a dart. But even if you threw a dart, you probably have seventy percent chance. But if you invested in twenty deals that were vetted and thoughtfully done, equal amounts or near equal amounts of money, at some point in the future, you're more than likely going to have two and a half times or better return. And if one of those, if you're fortunate enough to have one of those be an Uber or even a fifty x, then you're you're going to blow those two and a half times away. Yeah, exactly. So I think if, if you if you th- take a long term perspective and you diversify. They're really, it, it, and, and you can afford to do that. You put your, right. like you said, you don't not only diversify the, the investments in the companies, but diversify the asset class, then all, all you have to do is have patience and yeah. you're, you're going to be fine. So um, let's talk a little bit about um, one, one thing I want to talk about that I, that I think is important is, and it goes back to blockchain a little bit, Web3, is, you know, there's a lot of people saying now that, the era of tech is out of favor and it's going to be out of favor for a long time. Um, you know, I don't, I don't know, but one thing I believe and I see is, you know, we are in the midst of a di- digital virtual revolution, right? So everything went from analog to digital back, you know, in the, over the last 10, 15 years, really going from digital to virtual now meta with artificial intelligence, augmented virtual reality, internet of things, autonomous vehicles, 5G, blockchain, I mean, these, these disrupt, so many disruptive technologies hitting us at one time. I, I just don't see this winner of technology, if that's what we're in. I don't, it, it can't change that. That is, is coming and it's going to come, but I'd, I'd like to get yeah, into, I, I, that I, momentum. Know, it I, may take a little break here, but. Yeah, well, I think what, what takes a break is the slushing around of lots of liquidity chasing everything. And, and then as a result, there's compression in values um, and less less money going into deals. And sometimes the bad ones get washed out with that. And sometimes some good ones that just happen to be like straddled in the wrong place, right? Like, they, you know, we've talked to some good founders that were probably going to back again in a bridge round because they were, it just happened that April was the time that they were going out and trying to close some term sheets. And, you know, they were, they had verbal commitments or they had a handshake and, some of those got renegotiated. Some of those got pulled. There, there are some good companies that are doing good work that get, you know, in a bad place. Bad companies get washed out for sure. Good companies doesn't matter. I mean, in the end, it doesn't just doesn't matter. This just becomes a, a blip that makes them stronger. Um, but I, I would say this, that historically, innovation cycles have always been, they kind of come along with, I don't know whether they create or they're the uh, they're they're the result of lots of of tumultuous things on Earth, um, um, right? It was yeah. it was amazing that the Gutenberg press was created, but man, information flowed a lot quicker. And guess what came along with that? Like some European wars, right? And so, like, there's always a little bit of tumult that comes along with innovation. Sometimes that manifests itself in the investment cycle. But there is, really- by the way, the one thing. I, I, I- Sorry to interrupt you, but the one thing that, you know I think is worth mentioning to remind people of is downturns are very relatively short. I mean, the average bear market's thirteen months. 
Historically uh, speaking, the average yeah, recession so, is two quarters. <laughs> yeah, so um, the, the 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 downturn will will come to an end, and this will change, and we don't know how long. But again, if, if you're in it for the long term, it, it shouldn't really matter. Um, want to get want to get close to wrapping things up, but before we do that, I want to get back to your personal angel investing. When 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 you look at a company or a founder. What's the the one or two things that's most important to you, and whether you know, you know, it it, it is a, it's sort of a combination of things, but but ultimately, um, the factors besides the obvious of having a vision, the ability to articulate that vision clearly, the ability to sort of assemble a team. And having proven their thesis, at least at some level, that could be an MVP and a, and a few customers piloting, or that could be like real revenue and traction, and they've made a lot of progress. Um, there's a, at, at some point, it's all about this fine line between crazy belief and that they're fooling themselves. And, and sometimes it's hard to discern, right? They have to believe that, that they've, that they're going to do this and they're going to create something special and it's going to be big and it's going to be audacious. Um, but they can't be like completely nuts where they believe it so much that they're not hearing the market signals or what customers are saying or, or, or be coachable, but not coachable. So there's, it's very difficult to pinpoint. Usually you just listen to stories about how they've developed and what other investors are saying and what the customers are saying. Um, and then probably the most notable attribute that is, um, is will they quit? What, what, what their intestinal fortitude, like, yeah, but how do you know that when you're talking you, to them? I, you, I, I, you, in a you, pitch. You, you, you don't, but uh, it's kind of what you're trying to figure out is what's their staying power. Like we were doing a, uh, an update call with one of our founders of Florida funders. And he's like, Hey, I could really use some support and, you know, I'm, I'm raising this bridge round and here's my strategy. Here's where we're at. Here's where we're going. And he goes like, and like no harm, no foul. Like if for whatever reason you guys aren't comfortable with the bridge, I got this, like, I'm still doing it. Like I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm, you know, like that it, it was just like, and it was so like, I don't, I can't really pinpoint it, but like the collective wisdom of the seven people or the collective team, right? In some cases, a dozen or more people on Florida funders team and our investment committee that are trying to evaluate it. And you're just trying to look for like, okay, will this person tap out? Like when it really hurts, when it's really scary, what is their coming? What is their, you know, <laughs> is their spouse or partner? What are they whispering to them at night? Are they saying, please go back to normal, get a job, get out of this thing. Or are they well, going, like I'm all in, I, support. I like when we ask them is, you know, what goes wrong here? Right. And I think that's a little telling because if they can't really come up with anything and they really believe this, nothing's going to go wrong here. Yeah. Well, that's, that's, that's a really, it's not, not even take can be kind of a good thing for founders, but you know, that's a, you want, you want to, we all know that building businesses is really hard work sure. and adversity they're going to get punched in the face. They're going to get knocked down. Do they keep getting up? But, you know, in the pitch, that's, I, I agree with you, but it's, that's a hard thing to figure out. Well, you know, if you think about it, right, a lot of these companies. Um, By the way, a good sign is, uh, to me, I don't know if you agree with this, we pass on a lot of deals, obviously. For every one we invest in, we pass on like 49. 
And so we tell a lot of people, no, we reject a lot of people. And how they handle that rejection, oh, I think, is very telling. Sure, yeah. for certain. And, and, but, uh, and a lot of times when we reject them and they handle it that way, because sometimes we'll reject them and they'll come back a year later, we'll end up investing. Uh, it's and a, we've it, done that many times. There's a but, little bit of grace. But, I get it. Like, they understand the game. Um, it, it's part of their being tough and, and, and having fortitude. And I think that um, what, uh, what a lot of – you have to realize as an investor is – it's about staying in the game, both as an investor and as a founder team. Like, I, if they can just stay in the game through, through, and this, I wouldn't even, I would argue that this is not even a really tough time compared to other tough times. But so far. So far, right? We don't but, know um, but it's tough. <laughs> it's tough. You don't have, you're going to run out of money. It's tough, right? Um, it's about staying in the game because if you can just stay in the game to fight the fight and, and you can, you can reconstitute the business. Just don't die. Just don't die. Um, <laughs> That's what one and, of our founders said right? recently. <laughs> and um, there's truth to that. By the way, kid build a kid, kid build a unicorn company. That's a kid from Papa said that yeah, at yeah, one yeah. of our our right? events. I like don't it. die. Just and don't I die. think there's something to that. So I want to hear those things because if you and, and not only in our own experience of companies that have sort of reconstituted and pivoted in, in difficult times, but I mean some of the best companies. I don't think Airbnb were doing like. They, they were generating revenue on Cheerios. Like they literally had a cereal in the real tough times. I'm not suggesting that a tech company should pivot to cereal, but those founders were willing to do whatever it took to stay on the playing field. And I guess that's what I want to see or sense or hear. And it is to a certain extent um, unprovable until everything goes wrong. But you, you kind of get the sense, right? Of what, and, and you can go back to, you know, when we've built businesses, it was a long time ago that we were running these companies, you know, and they were small, but like there were many days where things were tenuous, like, like, you know, and like, you just, uh, so you just have to have that, like that reality of like, can you go to bed knowing that you're going to owe a lot of people, a lot of money and you're going to wake up next day, refreshed, ready to fight the good fight. Well, one of the things that uh, I admire about you, Mark, is you, you literally are one of the most positive people I've ever met. You find the silver lining in every cloud and I think that personality characteristic and attribute really serves entrepreneurs well. Because when the shit hits a fan, if you're like, ah, you know, this is a bad day, but tomorrow the sun will come up and we'll figure this out. Rather than, oh, my God, it's the end of the world. So I think that's a wonderful. Yeah. I'd have been I, institutionalized I, I, at 23 <laughs> if I didn't have that attitude. Because it was a crushing situations, right? You just, yeah, yeah you, you, I don't think you can. Okay, well, this has been great, Mark. Let's let's wrap up with our lightning round. I'm going to ask you Super. five questions. Ideally, you answer them in one word or very okay. shortly. Uh, favorite movie? Wow. Um, you know, I don't know that I have a single favorite movie, but I I would uh, glean back on a on a movie called Big Fish that was a beautiful story. Um, I encourage you to look at it. It's kind of an uplifting story about a father and a son and a relationship with a husband and a wife, but in a really wonky, um, big fish. When, when, how old is this movie? Oh, I bet it's 20 plus years old. Oh, so it's before my time. Okay. I'll I'll go go back and look for it. All right. Favorite business book, favorite business book. Um, you know, I've read a lot of business books and usually there's chapters that are favorites, but, um, I, I would have to say, um, hard things about hard things. Yeah, that's wonderful. Um, that's uh, Ben Horowitz. Ben Horowitz is just a coach. It's kind of a 
you know, my world, it's a founder view and a venture view morphed into one storytelling thing that has just lots of wisdom in it. Yeah, that's a good one. Um, worst investor founder you ever backed? I mean, don't tell them by name, but maybe describe them or, and what, what was the, mis- what'd you learn from that? Uh, I, you know, um, I, I learned about, um, you know, like there's a few things that were, I found to be true. One is, uh, likability isn't enough. Um, and, um, them having a lot of money, like to invest in their own deal doesn't solve for all problems. As a matter of fact, creates a whole bunch of problems in some cases. So, um, you know, and then obviously if I found the ones that were just dishonest, like if you do enough deals and you know, you, you find somebody yeah, who's just disingenuous, but I would say, you know, I, I could point to a couple that I'd go back and go, man, knowing what I know now, I wouldn't have done that deal. Is angel investing more an art or a science? It's, it's actually a science. It's a, it's a, it depends on your perspective. Uh, fundamentally, the numbers play out to where it is scientific. The question is, are you evaluating the deals or someone else? And, and if someone else is evaluating a deal, like in the Florida Funder situation, we're doing the art part. We're checking and feeling and the storytelling and the evaluation of a collective group of people about personalities and intestinal fortitude. And the investor gets to allocate across, you know, their favorite ones or all of them. Our fund investors and some of our angels invest in every deal. We're like, they just opt out of a handful in, um, in the portfolio select program. So I'd say 80% science, 20% art. Okay. Um, you've been an operator for several decades. Now you're an investor. Um, what do you like better? As a 58-year-old uh, investor. <laughs> uh, just because operator is, um, you know. You don't miss it? I mean, I, I think we get a touch of it. Like we get to help these founders, but no, I yeah. don't because it's a 10 year gig. It's a, it's a, it's basically, At least. you're getting on a freight train and you don't really get to get off. And, um, and I recognize that. And, and even when it gets better, it gets harder in some cases, like your companies have grown to, to be pretty substantial companies where your, your concerns and, your, headaches. and your, it's just a new set of headaches, right? You're managing up to private equity firms and you're doing M and a deals and you got to deal with sellers that are wonky um, more employees. Yeah. So like, I think, uh, you know, it, I think being a founder is a younger man or woman's sport. Um, but I have friends that are still founders. God bless them. Um, yeah. I have other interests. Yeah. I'd rather help them. Yeah. Good. Mark, this has been great. Thank you so much. Uh, continued success. And to all our listeners, thank you for joining us. Um, if you want to learn more about Florida Funders, just go to floridafunders.com. We have a side for investors and a side for founders. If you're a founder and you're looking to raise money, our application process to get you in our queue takes all of five minutes. If you're an investor, we have a wealth of information. If you're new to angel investing to help you there, if you're experienced, we have a wealth of resources to help you on that side. Thank you for joining us and have a great day. Thanks, Tom. Thanks for spending your time with Skin in the Game VC today. If you want to learn more about investing in early-stage tech like a venture capitalist, be sure to visit the Florida Funders website at floridafunders.com. Join our angel network at no cost and get access to Florida Funders' VC-vetted investment opportunities in the next great breakout tech companies.